everybody. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak. So today I want to talk about some rhythm licks. Yeah, this may sound a little different. Licks are always made of notes, right? Licks are about the harmonies and the melodies and some cool thing we can do with something. And rhythm is a distant, distant, distant byproduct of whatever the thing is we just played. So I want to talk to you about the idea that we should put rhythm or we can put rhythm at the front part of this. So of course this applies to all instruments as all the Digging Deeper videos do. Um, now here's a big thing coming up. I'm going to be giving away a free subscription to Jazzwire coming up in just a little bit. So I want to give you the information on how you can put your name in for that. So we're going to be doing a drawing on April 1st, 2020. So I'll give you the information on that in just a second. I want to get into this rhythm stuff. So yeah, this is a big deal. We all know that jazz is about rhythm and we know it comes from this African heritage and we know it's dance music, you know, back in its infancy. So yes, rhythm is important. And I learned some really important lessons uh, about why that is. And uh, maybe it's story time right now. So I can think back to my time at the University of North Texas. Um, one of my best friends there, I was so uh, lucky to get to hang out with this guy, Brad Turner, one of the finest musicians in Canada. Pretty much any jazz musician knows who Brad is uh, in Vancouver. And... Um, so I remember hanging out with Brad and, you know, he was, you know, he was just one of the really, really serious guys at school. And I remember noticing that when he would start playing, when we were in the one o'clock band together, it seemed like the rhythm section sounded, was more interested in playing behind him. They were swinging harder. And I remember kind of, you know, wondering about that. I was like, man, do they like him better? And yeah, I remember asking him, um, like, you know, I, I've kind of noticed that. It's interesting. And he said, oh yeah, well, I know how to do things to make them do that. And I was like, what? Like, I, I, that didn't even make sense to me. And he said, yeah, if I want them to swing harder, I know a couple things I can do to make the band swing harder. This was kind of mind-blowing to me. I thought you kind of get what you get. And these were this was a fantastic band, right? But um, this idea of being in control like that, you can communicate non-verbally to what you want people in the room to do. Someone who's adept can do that, right? So I was so interested in this. And that's where I really began to see like, ah, some... You know, so there are licks that can make you sound cool and outside. There are licks that can make you sound like a bebop musician. There are licks that can make you sound like Coleman Hawkins, let's say. Well, there are things you can do that can make the rhythm do particular things. This was a big deal. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Before we dig into that, I want to tell you about this Jazzwire contest. So I'm sure many of you know Jazzwire is a subscription website that I have, and it is built for the adult, amateur, and semi-pros, like many of you, all around the world. We've got hundreds of folks from all around the world, I don't know, 30 different countries at this point, working together on Jazzwire. It's an incredible community. I'd love to get you involved. I'm going to give away a subscription. So what you get on the way in, what every Jazzwire person gets, is that you send in a couple recordings to me, and I give you a free well, free. It's part of, you know, part of what we do, but it's going to be free to you if you win this contest. 
a practice plan, like a laid out 10 page assessment of your playing and then a plan for the next six months. And then six month uh, free subscription for the winner of this contest. So that's a $375 value. So yeah, this is not a small thing. And so I would love for you to get this. It's open to all instruments, singers, everybody else. We're gonna do a random drawing on April 1st and uh, so the video that I do on April 4th, maybe we'll just do the live drawing on the video, but April 4th is when I'm gonna announce. You've got a couple weeks to get this in, but I would love to get everything in by April 1st so I can get myself organized. So here's what I need. I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Don't mess it up. I need your full name. I want your email address. I need the instrument that you play, the city and country that you're from, and I just want to know a sentence or two about your goals for playing jazz, where you are and what you would love to get to. You can write me 10 paragraphs if you want, but you know, two or three sentences would be nice too, because I'm not sure if I'm going to get 2,000 entries. We'll see. We'll see. And you know, the last thing I'll say is, of course, we have to be sort of at a level to come into Jazzwire. So if you're a total beginner on your instrument, yeah, it's not a good fit. If you've never played jazz, not a good fit. But if you're a real novice, but you know, you've done some of this, you know your way around your instrument, this could work. I'm really excited about this. So uh, please do send that in to me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com and I will get you uh, entered in the contest. This is gonna be very exciting and I can't wait for the possibility of getting you into jazzwire.net. Okay, so let's get uh, going with this rhythm stuff. Now here's one of the things that I remember really keying into. This was something played by the great Harry Sweets Edison. Harry Edison, a great trumpet player who played, gosh, I should have looked this up, Basie Band, Ellington Band, you know, all, this, all the great big bands, so much swing stuff. I've got Verve albums of him playing with Billie Holiday and Ella, I think. So man, uh, like just ridiculously swinging musician. And he used to play this thing with these bouncing quarter notes. So I'm gonna play you an example of uh, what's written down here, just the first four measures of this blues. And it's quarter notes. But this idea of playing quarter notes and placing the time where you want it, right? So this means you need to be in charge of your time. You need to have a sense of what you want. If you want the rhythm section to play in a particular way, the presupposition is, I know what I want. There's a feel I want. I want it to bounce like this, or I want it legato like this, or I want it to thump like this. That's kind of what we're talking about. Let me play you the Sweets Edison lick. Those driving quarter notes, just that. play that, that's telling the bass player and the drummer, right here, right here, like this. That's what you're saying. And even the eighth notes that he plays towards the end of the lick, very often he would still be accenting the downbeats. It's communicating like, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm doing quarter notes like you are, Mr. Bass Player, like you are, Miss Drummer, on that quarter note. I'm connecting with you. And when you play quarter notes like that, with intention, the rhythm section is like, oh, oh, there's a horn player paying attention to us. That hasn't happened in nine years. Cool, maybe we should get with them. It's really, really powerful. So 
Check out some Harry Sweets Edison and that feel he has and that bounce and to me how inside the rhythm section he is. That's a great lick right there. But again, this is not about the notes. This is about rhythm first and the power of what that rhythm can do for you, how you can take charge, how you can connect to the rhythm section. Cool. So I put uh, a last little lick in here from yet another trumpet player. And this idea of what a rhythm can do to really change things up, to make things sound interesting or quirky or swinging or whatever it is. So the second little lick I put into the blues is the way I think about it, anti-swing. This is aggressively not swinging. You would think that's not something we want. From most of my Jazzwire students, yeah, I'm trying to get you guys swinging harder. But this is a rhythmic thing we can do that goes against the swing. Now, Thelonious Monk would do this a lot. He would play quirky rhythms that, you, that shouldn't swing, or he would land on beats, beat four, for instance. A, a, a beat that doesn't swing very well. That may sound like a crazy thing to say, but we play the end of three. We play before beat four, we play after beat four, but beat four is a weird place. Monk loved it because it was a weird place, right? So these quirky, anti-swinging kind of things. So this is almost like a march-like rhythm based on 16th notes, like quick 16th notes and short articulation. So everything we know about swing, this is doing the opposite and it has a vibe, it has a feel. There's somebody that comes to mind, I'd love to know who this makes you think of. For me, I think of Thad Jones, the great trumpet player, cornet player, Thad Jones, and especially his compositions in his big band writing, which is some of the greatest big band writing of all time. Um, he would put these like just anti-swinging motions with straight eighth notes or short sixteenths, um, and it would make a statement, and it would really sound different from everything else you've heard all night. So check this out. I'm going to play the uh, whole example with the Harry Sweets Edison thing at the beginning, and then you'll see in measure seven and eight of the blues this kind of anti-swing thing. So those two rhythms should have felt very different. That first one, just how it was driving and connecting and sort of staking a claim on not only where the time is, but what the feel is like. Big deal. And then the second one that I played had that weird Ricky Ticky sound. So still with the beat, still fantastic time, but a different subdivision, something that went against what we know jazz to be. Jazz is legato. This was very uh, short and pecky, right? Jazz is cool. This did not sound very cool. This sounded more like a march rhythm than a jazz rhythm. So just so that's, that's really the main thing I want to say today. If you like these licks, take them, steal them. Um, this concept, though, 
that rhythm can be first, even though we're playing these melodic instruments, leading with rhythm. That's kind of the history of jazz, right? And then maybe this even bigger concept that you could be in, in charge, in control, of what's going on around you with the time and the feel. And you can communicate to the band non-verbally. You can lead by example. And so the advanced people at, uh, at in my jazz band masterclass sessions or on Jazzwire, this is the kind of stuff we start talking about, how to lead by example. And speaking of Jazzwire, please send in, there's nothing you need to do aside from send me that email with that information and uh, we'll do a drawing, and I hope that I'm gonna be working with you uh, on Jazzwire one way or the other. I'll see you there. Enjoy this, and uh, have a good time with it. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.